Mission Chats with John Crow. For these next two episodes of Mission Chats, we have something a little bit different. So without further explanation, here you go. Welcome to Mission Chats. Now, as you can tell, this is not John Crow, your regular host of the podcast. Let me introduce myself. My name is Holly Crow. I'm John's wife of almost 25 years, and more than half of those years we spent serving full-time in ministry. And I am joined today by one of our three sons, Nate Crow, and we're just going to have a conversation about missions and what it looked like growing up in mission and what that looks for his life now currently. And so I hope that you'll be blessed through this conversation that we're going to have today. So first of all, welcome Nate to the program. Well, thank you. So Nate, do you want to explain maybe where dad is and why he's not hosting the podcast this week? So he is currently down in Belize in Central America with a team from our church, and they'll be returning in a couple of days our time, but probably... They'll be back before you're listening to this. But they've been down there doing a VBS in some of the different villages down there, as well as doing some medical clinics. So we look forward to hearing uh, what the Lord has done through that ministry. And you may remember a interview with Tim Ziddle, and that is the ministry that he's down there serving with right now. If you haven't listened to that, please go back and listen to that. It was a really great and encouraging interview. So, Nate, I just want to start with kind of your backstory a little bit. Like, what is your testimony? How did you come to know the Lord? Well, it all starts really with my parents, because they both stepped out into missions when they were young. And they actually met on board one of the ships from OM Ships. And then after a few years, settled uh, here in the U.S. and started their family. And so I'm the third son, and I'm the youngest out of three boys by one minute, because I actually have a twin. After a few years here in the U.S., uh, my parents felt that they were being called back to the ship ministry. So when I was about four years old, um, we were getting ready to move back to the ships. And I can remember one day, uh, my mom was sitting in the living room of our house and was preparing to go back to the ship. And part of that was practicing a little uh, evangelism tool called the Wordless Book. And it's pretty much a book without words. (laughs) And each page is a different color. And it kind of walks through the story of the Bible with creation and our fall and then God sending Jesus to bring us back to him. And my mom was practicing this um, as it was something she learned during her first time on the ship. And I asked her about it and um, she showed it to me. And then I asked if I could uh, ask Jesus into my heart. So at that stage in your life, you were about four years old. So through that kind of simple visual, you came to understand in some capacity what it meant to believe in God and trust Jesus as your Savior. But as you grew and grew in your understanding, was there another time in your life or anything that like further confirmed that step that you'd taken when you were young? Yep. So actually, after we had gotten back from the ship, after a few years back here in the United States... I remember it was a Sunday afternoon after church, and I just felt the Lord kind of prodding at my heart. And I remember, again, it was with my mom. We were out in the backyard on the hammock, and we were just kind of talking about the gospel. And I remember while we were sitting there that I prayed to dedicate my life to the Lord. And I feel like this was more of a better understanding of what it actually meant. And I remember one specific thing I prayed for um, was for courage. And I just remember that because it's kind of been a theme throughout my life. 
That's great, Nate. I love that you shared both of those stories because I think for myself, it was very similar. I believed in God from a young age, said a little prayer. But then as I grew in my understanding of the gospel, what God had done for me, my own sinfulness, it was later that I really understood and realized my need to have a savior because of the sins that I'd committed and the forgiveness that I needed. And so I like that there is kind of this gradual progression that comes as we explore our faith and learn more about God that we come into a deeper understanding. And sometimes there are times when we can look back and say, wow, at that point is when I didn't just believe, but then I submitted my life to the Lord. I I made him Lord of my life. Mm -hmm. And, And I'd say I had the same situation. And so I like that you shared that, um, that it is something we continue to work out and to grow in. And so with that, Nate, we're talking about mission. And so I just want to ask you, how old are you right now? I'm currently 20 years old. 20 years old. So do you feel like you have been called into mission? The way I like to, I guess, describe it would be maybe not a specific calling to missions, but I feel like my whole life, God has been preparing me for missions in some capacity. And so I think a big part of that was living on uh, the ships when I was young. And that was kind of a great foundation for my life in seeing, yeah, just different cultures and different people, but also having all of that rooted in Christ and in missions. So give us just a little taste of what was it like as a little boy living on a ship? What were some of your favorite things or what were some of the things you didn't like? The ship was pretty much just my home. We lived on one deck. We had a cabin for our family. We went up one deck and that was where we ate and then went up another deck or two and that was where our school was. And so most of our time was spent in school. But outside of that, there were a bunch of us kids on board. And so we'd always love uh, playing Lego or lightsabers or really whatever we could play with and just enjoy spending time running around on board. So it was a little bit like an adventure. Yes, very much so. So tell me a little bit about the other kids that lived on the ship. How was that unique? Yeah, we had friends from all over. We had friends from South Africa, from Scotland, from Brazil, from really all over. And so it was just really cool growing up because that was just kind of natural. We just were used to having friends from here and there. And we all, yeah, we all got along well. Awesome. Now, just a funny story. I remember I grew up in America and John growing up in Australia, we're both native English speakers and majority of the families on the ship often, you know, one parent was from one country and the other was from another country. And so these kids would grow up speaking two or three languages and you guys only spoke English. And I remember you and your brothers when you were little trying to make up a language (laughs) just so you kind of be like everyone else. And so I just remember that. So I guess like with that, as you said, you feel like the Lord's kind of been preparing you or exposing you to things informing you for mission. And so with growing up in that environment, there was kind of a comfort level, I guess mm-hmm. you could say, with people from other countries mm-hmm. and, and even then being in other countries as well. Yeah. That's kind of a unique thing. What I want to ask you now is where are you at in your life currently? Then what kind of ministry focus, like what does that look like in your life right now as a 20-year-old? Well, I'm about to head into my third year of college at a school here in South Carolina called Columbia International University. So I kind of see this time as God continuing to prepare me for his plans for me in my future. And a big part of that is, of course, the school itself. I'm studying digital media and cinema, as well as Bible. 
And I think the digital media, that's a very practical skill I could take anywhere, really, especially in missions in some capacity. And then the Bible part, it's more of a general Bible degree. And I think that's a great foundation for understanding the Bible better and in the future being able to share what I've learned. Great. I know that there are a couple classes that we're always talking about over the phone that one especially that you enjoyed so much this last semester. Can you just tell me a little bit about that and how that has prepared you as well for ministry and mission? Yeah, so one of my favorite classes I've had so far at CIU is called Spiritual Warfare. And it was really eye-opening just seeing how lots of the world sees And I loved it so much just because of how eye-opening it was to see how so much of the world sees everything as being spiritual, while here in the West, we have a very different view of the world. So yeah, I just really enjoyed it. And the professor was, he was amazing. And he had so many awesome stories that really just showed how there's more to this world than we can see. And it was just a really good class. Thank you. I think it is so important and so wonderful that you get to have a class like that. From my own experience going on the mission field when I was 19, I really had never been taught anything about spiritual warfare, you know, what it is, what that looks like. Is it in the Bible? What are we supposed to do about it? And so I love that where you're at right now, as God continues to prepare you for mission and for his plan, that he's equipping you in such good practical ways and that you're taking advantage of those opportunities. And so what I wanna ask you though, is as a college student, what does it look like to be on mission now? Because I think a lot of times we think at some point I'm gonna go away. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna go to another country or I'm gonna join a ministry. And I don't think that's what mission is. I think we're always on mission. Maybe that's just my own opinion, but Mm -hmm. how are you on mission right now as a college student? Well, that's actually something I've been trying to work on to do better, I guess. Because, yeah, that's kind of my mindset I've had since I was younger was, oh, well, when I grow up and go to the mission field or go here or then I can start living on mission. So that's something I've been thinking about a lot and trying to work on uh, recently, just how to live on mission uh, in my everyday life. And so while I'm at school, some ways that I've been trying to uh, live that out is just living as a light. So that's something that may sound kind of simple, but I think it's something that can have great influence uh, to those around us. Kind of just some basic ways um, I live that is making sure I'm doing what I'm supposed to, whether like in class that's listening or uh, taking notes and paying attention, or if I'm playing soccer, it's listening to the coach and being respectful to those around me. And outside of class, I've been trying to continue building my relationships um, whether it's students or faculty or even those um, outside the school and just being an encouragement and a good listener and yeah, trying to offer biblical advice to those around me. Thank you, Nate, for those practical examples of just like everyday things that we can do to be on mission for the Lord. So you have gotten several opportunities in the last few years to go on mission outside of the U.S., Last summer, you were able to go to Belize and serve down there. And then just this year, you got to go on a missions trip as well. Tell us a little bit about where you went and what you got to do. During my spring break this year at school, I was a part of a study tour over to Turkey. And so that was a part of my program at school with media and communication. So this spring break, uh, I got the opportunity to go over to Turkey for a week. And I went over with one of my professors and some other fellow students um, who are all part of the communications program. 
and we were going to help a local church with some uh, different projects related to communications. So initially, when the trip was planned, we were going to be going to help with some projects, whether in video or print media. And so that just looked like doing some interviews with the pastors and members of the church, uh, as well as some walkthroughs of their church building so that they could use that to just kind of show what the church looks like to invite some more people to join them. So you were going to use a practical skill to help serve the local churches in Turkey and to help facilitate their ministry mm-hmm. there. I believe for three weeks before you went to Turkey, the country was literally shaken. They had these horrible earthquakes in mm-hmm. the South. And so the purpose for your trip kind of changed a little bit, right? Can you tell us a little bit about how that affected you guys? Yeah. Initially, the plan was we'd be there working pretty closely with the pastors of the church, but they were actually kind of all over the place. A few days before we were there in Turkey, several of the pastors had gone over to where the earthquakes had taken place, and they were just there serving the people. So that just meant for us that we're still going on the trip, but our plans were changed quite a lot. And so it's a lot of just being flexible and ready to help whenever people were available, but also helping with some things we weren't really planning on being there for. I love what you just said, Nate. And the reason is, you know, if, I, if I'm going to take a team somewhere, I always say the most important thing to bring is flexibility mm-hmm. because you need to be ready for anything. You know, it's just like, okay, we're going to do this, but we step, we pivot, we have to do mm-hmm. something else. And so there's just an availability, a flexibility that you're going with. I am ready to serve in any way and mm-hmm. any, whatever the need is, we're going to serve. And so that's kind of your trip became a little bit like that. And I remember when you came back, you were telling us that you were actually recording interviews with pastors and staff who had been down ministering Mm -hmm. to the earthquake victims. And you were so touched by the stories that they were sharing. And I would love for you to just share with our audience today, what was happening? What was God doing? Mm -hmm. How was he using them in that? So as many of you might know, uh, Turkey is a predominantly Muslim country. Actually, there's a less than 1% Christian population there. And so these pastors from these churches that we were working with, as soon as the earthquakes hit, they were trying to see what they could do to help. And they were able to raise funds to be able to take some food and supplies. Um, But kind of the main focus was on tents, because with many of these cities, the houses were leveled and people didn't have anywhere to stay. And so this church has been uh, working to supply tents to these people. But they were not only dropping off tents and then moving on, but they were spending time with the people. And one of the big reasons why this was so touching to us when we heard about it was because we not only heard the stories from the pastors who went over to serve, but they also brought back the testimonies from those who were being served. And one of those was someone had asked some of the people who had gone through the earthquake what the government was doing to help us. And their response was, the government isn't here helping us. It's these Christians. And hearing that from these people who, most of which are Muslim, that they're noticing that Christians are giving up their time and their resources to love them and to just spend time with them and comfort them. That was very powerful. Wow, that's awesome, Nate. And I love that it brings these two aspects of mission, one of which is helping to meet practical needs of people who are desperate 
who need housing, but also that compassion, you know, like we see in Jesus, that compassion to listen and to hear and to meet them where they're at. And when you told me this story about those tents and then them entering in the tents and talking with the people, it made me think of John chapter one, where it says that Jesus came and he tabernacled among us. The word used there is like to tabernacle among us. The idea of he left his place to come and walk as we walk, Mm -hmm. to be able to identify with us, to go represent us to God as our high priest. And just this idea of us, as ministers of Jesus Christ to not just give someone a tent, but to enter into the tent with them, sit and listen to their walk, to their cares, to their heart, to their loss, to Mm -hmm. their grief. Mm -hmm. When we enter into that with them and just walk that with them or just listen, that that is mission as well. And so what an awesome story of how God is using the church um, in Turkey and how you got to be a part of that. And I think the neat thing about going on mission, even if it doesn't turn out how you were expecting, Mm -hmm. is that you are exposed to another country, another people, and ways that God is at work wherever people will step into the gap. So that's so neat. Yeah, and that's something I've seen with some of the mission trips I've been on is even if I go and my impact there may not be that big, I always find that the impact that the trip and the people and the experiences has on me, it just allows me to grow and continue to just fuels my desire to be a part of missions. That's great, Nate. And so like as a parent, I would say, get your kid on mission. You know, I know for myself growing up, I grew up in Southern California and my youth group, we would take trips down to Mexico several times a year doing missions trips down there. Just like if you have young adults or you have teenagers, get them in mission, allow them to experience what God is doing in other countries and even around our own nation. I hope you've enjoyed this episode with my wife and son. And look forward to the next one, which will continue this conversation with Nate. So tune back in next time. And as always, please share this with anyone you think might find it interesting. Find us online at missionchats.com.